listening to the Twin Theory Podcast, Season 3, Episode 3. Welcome back everyone yes we are at episode three of season three and we are so very excited to have you back to the twin theory podcast if you're just tuning in with the twin theory podcast hosted by courtney thornton and marissa thornton we are two identical twins we are 31 now we launched this podcast when we were 30 we're now 31 and we are into our Uh, third season and this season is a little different we're going mainstream a little bit and talking about some uh rather than just talking about us and our experiences kind of looking at some experiences of other you know uh twins and other identical twins out there in the world so um we've talked about a few stories leading up into now one about uh two sisters that encountered some uh, that had some serious mental, uh, you know, health issues, and one of them passed away. And, uh, you know, it seemed like after one passed away, the other one lived a, a seemingly normal life. We talked about the twins on on the Netflix show, Tell, Tell Me Who, Who I, I am. am. Yeah, one that lost his, all of his, he lost all his memory, and his twin pretty much told him everything about what happened. And then now we're at our third story. And Marissa, do you want to tell them, give them a little bit of background about this story? Sure. So this one is kind of your, you know, twins separated at birth stories. So there isn't a full blown, if you will, um, story behind it, like the silent twins or Netflix kind of a documentary or anything. But this is your kind of typical newspaper article story. And it's for two twins, Emily and Molly. And I think they go by two different last names. So um, they were originally from South Korea and they were separated shortly after birth. Uh, they end up being adopted by two different Jewish families and one uh, end up growing up in Philadelphia and the other end up growing up in Florida. So uh, one of the uh, one of the twins, so Emily's daughter she was kind of curious about some of her South Korean heritage and decided to do 23andMe, which if you're familiar with it, it's kind of like a DNA matching services to give you more details about your heritage, but also match you with family. So while doing that, 23andMe showed that she had a 49.96, so pretty much 50% match with another woman that turned out to be her aunt. And just based on their DNA sample and her DNA sample, 23andMe assumed that her aunt was her mom because of how strong their DNA connected. Um, but what ended up happening was it turns out her aunt was her mom's twin. And neither one of them knew that they had a twin sister. So um, they decided to meet up uh, finally. And this was after 36 years. So 36 years old. And they finally meet up for the first time and and find out they have a full-blown twin. And even during their meeting, uh, you know, it was kind of interesting to them that they both grew up in Jewish families. They both winded up in the U.S., um, you know, even though they were sent to different orphanages. And then they found a, a couple of similarities between each other. So uh, one one of them, one twin, I can't remember which name, uh, had showed her prom picture. And the other twin was like, oh, my goodness. She pulled out her prom picture and said, hey, look, <laughs> not only were we wearing a very similar dress, 
we both styled our hairs the same way. And it was so interesting because they were, they didn't know each other. They were completely separate at the time for them to have those similarities. And then they also determined after catching up that they almost crossed paths a few years prior. So they had both planned uh, vacations with their families that would have put them in the same city, in the same area at the same time. But those trips end up, one of them end up having to switch it up or something to that degree. So they found that they did have a lot of likeness between each other, but of course they didn't know the other one existed until 36 years later um, when Emily's daughter got curious and started looking on 23andMe to find out more about her family heritage. So very interesting story. Hey, it tells some of you out there, maybe you have a, you know, maybe you have a missing twin, just depending on how you grew up and how much family, you know, and all that. It might be worth looking to see. So that this was an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely. And, and, and thank you for the background on the story. There's so many interesting things about this story. And um, it actually is interesting as it might sound, it follows kind of a familiar narrative. Um, when twins, a lot of times when twins are um, put up for adoption or they're sent off to orphanages as, you know, infants are at a very young age, they decide for some reason to send them to two separate, you know, agencies, two separate, I guess, adoption clinics or orphanages. And in, in this story, that's what they did. It's very interesting to me, Marissa, because I've seen this a lot and I saw it on a 2020 special and they both, I believe, went to Jewish orphanages. I've seen it happen in, in uh, different, maybe religious you know, orphanages and, and, and adoption agencies. Um, but the first thing that kind of stands out to me is I wonder why, <laughs> what was the determination behind that? Like, why would they decide, hey, we're going to send these two twins to do different orphanages? Because, you know, there's a highly likelihood that they may never uh, see each other again. And I do understand, you know, this is something that could happen when it comes to siblings, you know, that get adopted or foster care or something like that. But they aren't just siblings. These are identical twins that came out at the same time. Wouldn't it seem that, hey, you want to kind of market them together or they're a package deal, you know? Yeah, you know, I, hey, I say that if they're twins or siblings they should be kept together now this was in 1985 right and this was in in south korea so they may do things a little bit differently I, it wasn't explicit in either of the articles as to why they were separated my only thought could be potentially when it came to adoptions that occurred more people preferred adopting a single child over another so you know maybe if they kept them together they felt like both of them would maybe be less likely to be adopted because families wouldn't want to split up two twins or, or two siblings. So by advertising them separate as separate entities and or separate people and not having a sibling, they might have been easier for or more appealing for them to be adopted. So that I mean that that that's the only thing I can think of. Again, I don't know uh, as much. So you know, folks that are that are experts in adoption or foster care could probably speak more. But maybe it was just going to be easier to get them both adopted to split them. So if they kept them together, maybe folks just weren't 
into adopting more than one child at a time at that during that time frame. And they figured if they were together, people wouldn't want to split them up. So they would kind of sit at the orphanage, if you will, for a good chunk of their life. That That's my thoughts, though, as to why they might have split them up. Yeah, you know, that's uh, that's interesting that you say that. And definitely now, you know, maybe in 1985, it might have been a little different. I know nowadays, though, people are like itching, you know, twins are in right now. So, you know, if you have, have two twins up for adoption, you know, to me, they would go really fast, you know, at this point in time in 2021. Right. Uh, but, you know, definitely there's some things here, some parallels that I see a lot in in, in this particular story and, and, you know, something that was a lot like this in a 2020 segment that I saw, and that is that these twins ultimately find their way back together. And I think that that's very interesting because I guess the mindset in the beginning is, hey, we want them to go off to two different families with the intention of, I guess, them not finding out about each other, but in most cases they do. There's something that happens that's weird or really one-off-ish and then boom, you know, they are connected again, whether it's, you know, 30 years later, 20 years later, 50 years later, but they somehow make their way back to each other. There were so many, I'm, you know, I'm not familiar. There was no, I didn't do too much research. The article didn't really speak too much about these particular um, you know, orphanages, but what we do know is that they were born in South Korea and that these orphanages were in South Korea, and I believe they were Jewish-based orphanages, but both of these girls wind up in the United States. So for both of them to wind up in the same country is is just kind of beyond me, <laughs> me to think how, you know, how that even happens. Uh, but I think that narrative is is kind of something we hear a lot. Twins separated at birth find each other. Why do you think that that is? You know, honestly, I don't know. I don't know if there's, you know, just some sort of some gravitational pull or or, or something that, you know, occurs that to, to happen. I, I don't have a good enough example to explain that. You know, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are there, but I, I, I see that it happens. So, and it, I mean, definitely in this story, it's, it, as you mentioned, for them both to be in South Korea, both end up in the U.S. They were in different orphanages. You would have thought they would have wound up in two different countries and things like that, or one still be in South Korea, the other one be in the U.S. But for them, yeah, to, to land in the U.S., both be on the East Coast <laughs> and then and be pulled together in, in such a way like that, you know, I have no idea. <laughs> It's almost like that divine intervention type of deal where it's like, okay, this just, it just kind of happens. Um, it reminds me of, of something you said, you know, a few uh, podcasts ago, quite a few earlier in the year, a few episodes ago, when you talked about how when I, you know, broke my wrist and you didn't see me and you just knew something was off. You didn't see anything wrong with me. You hadn't seen anything wrong, but you just felt like something wasn't right. And, and I, I just wonder if that is something where when twins are separated, if there's some sort of, I don't know, something in the ether that kind of like brings them or connects them back <laughs> to <ether>. each other. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, that's true. I was, you know, I was thinking that because I wonder, we've never been separated, you know, that I can remember. <laughs> we've never been separated, but I wonder, like, 
you know, if ever, and it didn't mention it in the article either, but if either one of them ever felt some sort of void in their life and uh, maybe, you know, or, or something is missing as they were growing up, just something wasn't right or something was different. Uh, you know, they both were aware of the fact that they had been adopted. So that was, that was something they knew. Um, neither one of them really connected with their, with their Korean heritage growing up. So they were both brought up in white families and they were kind of, you know, Americanized, if you will. So they didn't really get to connect with their Korean culture. So I think, you know, in those regards, maybe there, there was a feeling of void or interest in the culture that they were born in and, you know, that they were. But in terms of something missing other than parents, they knew they were adopted, so they knew they didn't have their biological parents. If they ever, it, it was just something there where they felt like there's a huge void. And if it was, um, if it was that twin, so I, th this is slightly, you know, separate from this story, but similar at the same time. I'm reading this book called Daughters of Henry, and it's about two twins that were separated. And as you said in your comment, uh, they're slowly making their way back to each other. And it's just through natural happenings that they're starting to gravitate toward each, each other. So as each chapter goes on, they're getting closer and closer to each other. But to some degree, they kind of feel as though something is off, but they can't quite put their finger on it. Again, this is a book, this is fiction, so I don't know how much we can run with that. But on these two ladies' stories for Molly and Emily, I wonder, like, if you ever sat them down and talked with them, would they be like, you know, there were these times where I just felt, you know, either off or just I've always felt a void and not the void of not knowing who my parents are or being able to connect with my culture, but just as though something isn't quite there. So again, I, you know, I don't know, we, you can speak to it. I know I personally can't because we've always been together, but uh, I'd be interested, you know, and I'm sure there's other twins separated at birth stories out here. So if, if they, if they feel that, so. Yeah, uh, definitely. I do. That would be a very interesting study. You know, they do a lot of twin studies out here. So that would be an interesting study just to see, you know, how often this happens and, you know, twins are, you know, kind of reconnected. Like you mentioned, we were never separated. We were never forcefully separated. We were separated a few, quite a few years, you know, when we were in college and, you know, right after you graduated, but it wasn't a forceful separation, but even though it wasn't a forceful separation, there was still a void. <laughs> a def definitely in the beginning, you know, there was a sense and feel of a void there, like, hey, something is definitely missing in here. And so, um, you know, I don't, the story doesn't really speak to as, you know, how quickly they were, you know, taken to orphanages, if it was right after they were born, if there was you know, some time where they stayed together, maybe in a hospital or a clinic or something, and then they were taken off. So I don't know if they were able to build some sort of uh, natural bond. But yeah, there are so many questions I would have as to even, you know, what life was like when they first met each other, were there any similarities they have? And, you know, we always talk about how you know, identical twins can be the same and the things that make them, you know, a lot alike in stories like this. But I also wonder, because me and you are also very different people, <laughs> you know, like we're very different as well. 
is, you know, if we did separate and, and it's interesting, you know, like in this story, them wearing the same kind of color patterns and same kind of type of dress for a prom and stuff is me and you have very two distinctly different types of fashion and style and, you know, personas and all sorts of stuff. It's interesting that if me and you were forcefully separated when growing up, what parts of us would potentially be the same? You know, I'm reading this story and going 36 years later, that's what five more years out from where we are now, but like how, what similarities, you know, would we potentially have at that point? So hmm, interesting, interesting thought to ponder. I think that some of the similarities that twins can draw other than looking alike for identical twins are when you grow up in the same household in the same environment, you're bound to to do things similarly and like similar things. But, you know, when you're born in two different households, brought up, brought up both Jewish, yes, but, you know, different household customs, different things like that, environments totally, how that impacts who you are and who you become. Um, I mean, I don't know, because I mean, even in this story, and like you mentioned, they they still found a couple of similarities, and I'm sure as they unpacked more and more about each other, like this was just the initial meeting, but as they packed on more about each other and met more, they probably are seeing certain similes similarities there. So, uh, you know, 36 years if we were separated, I'd wonder what would be what you know would be similar, but I feel like there are certain components that probably are biological that you were just bound to be similar with. So maybe not, you know, a super duper strong connection, but, you know, I was thinking about this with, with other twins, if you will, if I've ever met a set of other twins that I didn't particularly know were twins ahead of time, or maybe if I was friends with one twin and then met the other twin. And if I felt like there were any connections there, I want to say there were a group of male twins um, and a set of female twins that that I knew that kind of the I guess the downside was they were they were around each other a lot, if you will. And they did do a lot of similar things. But for for the the twin that I met first, I don't know, I felt like when I met the other twin, I could definitely tell all the differences about that twin from their their other half, if you will. But with time, I was able to start picking up on similarities that they both had. So I don't know. Some of that I think is innate. It's just it's just biological. So, I, you know, it's a lot of questions there. And um, again, my a lot of my experience with the twins separated at birth has been through books, which I would say if you're interested in reading some stories about, you know, twins separated at birth, there's The Vanishing Half. I read that earlier this year. But hold on. They weren't separated at birth. They they ran away from home once they, I want to say, were in high school. And then they separated and kind of assumed two completely different lives moving forward. Um, and the interesting thing about that story is their paths end up connecting. You know, life just kind of pulled it together. But it was actually through their family. Um, and then in the book, that there's another book I'm reading now, Daughters of Henry. And they're coming together. Now, it's not quite through their families, through happenings. But maybe that's an interesting point to pull out here. Because for Emily and Molly, they were both brought together, not from their own, like, searching or lurking. They they were really brought together by Emily's daughter, who just got cu- curious about her heritage. 
and it brought them together. So I don't know. I have found that sometimes even these twin connections aren't particularly the twins that, that do the initiating there, but family that end up finding out and pulling it together. So yeah, I, uh, you know, I, it was the daughter uh, that found out, but that's goes back to my statement about something being in the ether, some energy or something floating around between two people. And because sometimes these things are just very, they're so happenstance. It's like, okay, <laughs> we maybe us on, in the human sense, we don't know, but there's got to be something there to connect these dots here because this this is a very interesting story. I mean, and that it's just a, oh yes, I did a 23 and me, which I know, I know we've talked about doing a, a 23 and me or like a, you know. A G- I did ancestry.com. Oh, you did? I haven't found a triplet for us yet, so oh, don't okay. worry. Well, maybe we'll do the 23 and me and see if we have, you know, a quadruplets or something like maybe. All right, uh, right. Two other halves. So, I mean, you know, (laughs) something in the ether, I just look back about, I think the the smoother route is the 23andMe connection, but could you imagine, like, they were talking about um, different trips they had planned with their families that, you know, one or the, what, you know, one ended up having to cancel or switch up where they were going, but, you know, initially they both were going to be in the same city, like, doing some of the same activities. Which I think, could you imagine like you're on a trip with your family and like all of a sudden like you look over at the restaurant at the other dinner table and it's like a twin? You know how crazy that would be? Oh my, my goodness. Blown. Blown. You know, like that, you know, because you know nothing about, you know, you having that twin, your family knows nothing. You just look up and it's like a full blown clone. <laughs> like that would be crazy. <laughs> so that leads me to the to uh, potentially episode four for anybody that's listening. Some things listed in uh, the article that pointed toward a series or documentary on uh, Netflix called Twinsters. Never, I've never seen it before, but uh, it looked pretty good. So uh, potentially I think it could be something, you know, that we can discuss in um, you know, our next episode. So for those listening, if you want to look at Twinsters and maybe, you know, tune in next time to see what uh, me and Marissa have to say about that and that situation, it's a little bit from the trailer. I did cheat and, and I watched the trailer. It um it, it, it kind of follows something similar to this story where, you know, twins were kind of separated and then they found out about each other, but it, it's very interesting in the way that they found out about each other and the things that they found out. So uh, it's called Twinsters. Well, I mean, that's news from that's I'm interested in that. I, Hey, if you decide to look at it ahead of time, send us an email y'all. If y'all have questions or, you know, something like that, you might want us to bring up, let us know. So that does sound interesting. Twinsters. All right. Yep. Yep. So, well, that's definitely, I think that's a good uh, segue for us to get to the, to the close and then on into, you know, again, that's a, that's a nice little homework assignment. Guys have a month to watch that, uh, the Twinsters, but definitely uh, if you have any, you know, any insight, any thoughts, questions that you want us to talk about on that for next episode, let us know. Again, our email is twin. Theory podcasters at gmail.com. 
Uh, we have had some emails from some folks, so de definitely keep sending your email. Um, stay connected with us on YouTube. We're the Twin Theory Podcast on YouTube or Twin Theory Podcasters all together, all one word, and on um, Instagram. So you can find us on those social media platforms and any major podcasting platform but as always this has been great to to chop up with you marissa to talk about this uh this uh article about these two twins that that happened to meet each other 36 years uh later it kind of my heart hurts a little bit because i think of all of the experiences that me and you have had just over these 31 years and just to think that there's so many experiences that you know these twins have missed out on for you know this long you know span of time because they had no idea that you know they had an identical twin that existed so um anyway this was a fantastic read and uh is there anything else you want to leave us with the rest before we head out yeah i was just going to tell listeners you know if there's anything you come across that you think would be interesting for us to to discuss on the show you know just just hit up hit us up uh shoot us an email or or that sort of thing, or leave a comment on, you know, whatever platform you might be following for social media. And we'll, we'll take a look. We can't promise it. Cause you know, we do try to keep the uh, clean content. So depending on what it is, you know, we might just send you a message back, but if you see something that you find um, interesting that you, you know, you'd want to discuss this to talk about, or maybe get our perspective on uh, just, yeah, hit us up, send us an email, let us know. All right. Well, y'all have a great one. Welcome to fall. It is officially fall. It feels yes. fantastic. It feels Amazing. fantastic outside. And mm -hmm. Officially fall. What's up, fall? I love you. Where did you go? So happy to see you. Y'all have a fantastic one, and we <laughs> will talk to you next month. Bye. See you later. <laughs>